This is Lydia, and welcome back to the Creative Disruption Podcast. The topic of this episode is diversity in tech. While there has been a lot of technological diversity and cross-pollination of multidisciplinary fields, there has been much less diversity in the people who are driving it forward. It turns out that a workplace's diversity is among the most important predictors of a business's sales revenue. According to McKinsey analysis, gender-diverse companies are 15% more likely to outperform non-gender-diverse companies, and ethnically diverse companies are 35% more likely to outperform non-ethnically diverse companies. While it may make business sense to have ethnic and gender diversity, the lack of it in tech has been an issue that has taken front stage recently, with many initiatives springing up to address it, each one tackling it from a different perspective. Some examples of this include the Join Fund Club, which features a new project, initiative, event, or organization focused on diverse communities and technology, and you can choose to support whichever one you want. If you are a marginalized person in tech, you can even apply to be featured. DevColor is an independent nonprofit organization that aims to maximize the success of black software engineers through their community, and the Diversity in Tech Award encourages positive awareness for diversity. As for gender, According to a gender diversity study in Fortune magazine conducted among top 10 companies, the leading companies did not always have an equal representation of genders. Here are the rounded figures from this report. From most female representation to least. Airbnb had 48% female employees. eBay, 42%. LinkedIn, 38%. Hewlett Packard, 33%. Facebook, 29%. Google, 28%. Cisco, 27%. Microsoft, 24%. Intel, 24%. These figures make the underrepresentation of women very clear. There are some initiatives trying to tackle the underrepresentation of women. One such initiative is Google's Women Tech Makers, which provides visibility, community, and resources for women in technology. And Girls Who Code, which offers computer science education to girls, plans on reaching 1 million young women by 2020. The nonprofit Digital Nest wants to make sure that young individuals of all backgrounds are involved in tech. Nest stands for Nurturing Entrepreneurial Skills with Technology, and they do just that by offering high-tech training to youth and adults from 12 to 24 with free access to computers, software, Wi-Fi, and a full range of state-of-the-art digital tools and classes. When it comes to diversity in leadership or public-facing roles, that is easier to gauge for us. But as we see with our own eyes, whether it's the C-suite of a company, a spokesperson, or even media representation, there isn't enough diversity in tech. In the gaming industry, there's also a lack of diversity in the characters and their racial and cultural backgrounds. In this episode, we'll hear from the initiative I Need Diverse Games on the diversity challenges in the gaming industry. I'm here today with Tanya. She represents Why I Need Diverse Games. Hi, Tanya. Hey, how are you? Good. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we really want to know, what is Why I Need Diverse Games? Um, so Why I Need Diverse Games came about because I was literally angry about video games at 6 in the morning <laughs> a couple years <laughs> ago. And from that, it's turned into its own little microcosm and community because you know, I threw out the hashtag, I Need Diverse Games, on some tweets. And it, it must have just happened at the right time, and people were feeling the same way because mm-hmm. it picked up steam, it trended, um, 
And as always, I want to give credit to Mickey Kendall, who retweeted it. And she has a very large following on Twitter, so that was a big um, help in it trending and getting out there. And, you know, it picked up steam, and I gave it its own Twitter account, its own blog, and we just kind of ran with it, and people were feeling the same way because, you know, there were certain things going on in October 2014 that have not yet died down. Mm-hmm. So why were you angry? Oh, why was I angry? You were... <laughs> oh, why was I angry? 2014 and why were you angry? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I was angry about, you know, just yet more games coming out with the same scruffy, white dude, brown-haired, blue-eyed protagonist that, you know, gets the girl or is fueled by fridging a woman for man pain. And I just got tired of seeing that narrative and that trope over and over. Um, And it was also the same year that Ubisoft was like, well, it's too hard to animate women, even though they'd already had games with women. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. And there was also Far Cry 4 where people brought up, oh, well, there's no women in it or there's no women protagonist, I believe. And it's like they were, and the, you know, the whole literally inches from having playable women just really set me off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, it, and it's tiresome. They, I don't know if you've ever seen that, this graphic that sometimes goes around. It's usually a six by eight um, graphic with video game protagonists, and they're basically the same white dude. Mm-hmm. And, over and over. I can't make... Yeah, I can't make that same collage with, like, women characters of color, LGBT characters. Like, there is such a dearth of representation that is mm-hmm. good representation, that's accurate. It's, you know, for a hobby that is not cheap and very time-consuming, I, I was fed up with not being able to see myself reflected in those games other than, you know, a trope or character that doesn't live long or the sassy sidekick. Like, there's a laundry list, and we'd be here all day if I list off all the ways in which, you know, I am not representing these games well. Well, in the tech community, um, it tends to be one gender and, and one race, and there's been a lot of people who've said we need more diversity in general in tech. And so what are you doing to try to change that in terms of games? Uh, well, what I'm doing is um, I go to conventions and I speak about this. Um, I'm lucky enough that people occasionally want to hear what I have to say and, and you know, invite me on podcasts or pay me to write things. But we're also doing things. Um, we're trying to sponsor people to go to conventions. We're now part of the GDC scholarship program, which gives 25 all-access passes to the Game Developers Conference which is a huge thing for someone who wants to get in the industry and have that access. Um, mm-hmm. You know, small things where we're sponsoring a conference going on at Eastern Kentucky University in a couple weeks. You know, just little things we can do, because we do have a Patreon, and through that we put the money right back out in the community. It's not, it's not a profit thing. Um, mm-hmm. We're actually going to become a nonprofit organization. Oh. So then we can, yeah, so we can reach out to companies like Microsoft and EA and Intel and game companies and go, okay, you're, you're talking the talk. It, it's time to kind of like put up or shut up, which may sound aggressive yeah. to some people. But, you know, everyone's like, yeah. oh, we need diversity. We need diversity. But, you know, where is the line? What are you doing to actually make this happen? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Indicade had a great diversity pavilion last year, and I hope they do it again this year. But... That's, you know, a few days out of one event, and once it's over, where do you go from there? You know, like, you make connections, but 
we want to we want to be that repository for someone to go, hey, I'm looking for a game to support. I'm looking for a project. Can you help get the word out? Also, I've got a question about diversity. I don't want to screw up when I make a game. Um, yeah, because we've actually been getting. You can be the reference point. Yeah, we've actually been getting folks reaching out, um, asking about consulting, and you know, if this is something I want to do and I don't want to screw it up. Do you have resources? Can we talk to you? Or do you know people we could reach out to? So being that kind of touchstone for the community, which you know sounds lofty, but there's clearly a need if, if people are reaching out for this. And you know, one company can't be everything to everyone. If we can be kind of that, oh, you need this. You should go talk to this person at this company. That, that would be a great goal. And also be a place where companies can go, here, you're doing stuff. We want to help you do your work and you know be able to bring people to conferences because um, so we want to we want to be that you know touchstone which you know I sound I know it sounds kind of jargony but that's the best <laughs> no but right it, now. It's, if that's what you're trying to do it's obviously because there's a gap in the market and in in this part of the tech industry there isn't diversity just as in many others but you're trying to make a difference and I wonder how people have responded to you. So you said you go to conferences and you try to talk to vendors and try to explain to them that um, you want to have more underrepresented people that are in games and getting their voices heard. How do they respond to you when you say that? Um, most of our feedback has been very positive. You know, I'm, I'm finding now people know, they know I need diverse games, but, you know, it's very gratifying to, to be at a convention, be at a conference, and go, oh, I know what you do, I really love your work, or, you know, meet someone who's, you know, supporting us on Patreon, or listens to our podcast, and, you know, and is very happy for it. And there are people who believe in this, but, you know, like any change, it's, it's just happening at a slow pace. Um, so, been very, very lucky and very grateful in that, you know, we got the funding in January from Fund Better Tech, and we've been That's able great. to, yeah, we've been able to do things like, you know, give back to communities, and, and I've been able to you know, plan out conferences or speaking things. And you know, being able to get the word out is the main thing because if there was no interest, the hashtag would have come and gone like so many other hashtags on Twitter. Well, that's true. Um, since you are the focal point of I Need Diverse Games and people come to you for advice, um, you would be the person to ask, what games are there out there for people who want to have diversity in their games? Um, let's see. It looks like Mafia 3 from 2K is going to be great. It has a um, black protagonist and a set in Louisiana in the 60s, I think post-Vietnam War. Um, wow. You know, and yeah. so Really nice you know, context. Been, yeah, and I've never been a big fan of the Mafia games, you know, not really into them. But when I saw that trailer, I was like, okay, you can have my money. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Um, there's a lot of great games that are coming out. Um, actually, one of the scholars who went to GDC this year in our first cohort just launched a mm -hmm. Kickstarter for, for a game. And, you know, it's got protagonists of color. Um, Orion by Karoo Games, which is a Cameroonian studio, studio the first oh. one out there in Cameroon. Their game launches in a mm -hmm. week from today. Um, and, and what about you know, games for women who want to see a lot of women in the game? Oh, good question. Um, you know, I know there are going to be people who pick a fight over this, but, you know, Lara Croft, the revamp Lara Croft is, mm -hmm. to me, a good example. I know the 2013 reboot is kind of problematic because there's implied mm -hmm. 
sexual violence. But Laura Croft has always mm-hmm. been, you know, a, a good character for me personally. Um, yeah. You know, I'm I'm a huge, huge Bioware nerd, and the fact that you can have a customizable female character is something where I can finally sort of kind of look like me and go save the galaxy or save, <laughs> you know, save the world. So um, if anybody wants to be a part of I Need Diverse Games or, or wants to contribute in some way, how could they do that? Um, so there, there's many ways. We have um, a Tumblr, which is ineeddivgms.info. So if you're a Tumblr type person, you can always reblog stuff and tag us. Um, we've got m- more of like our kind of newsy blog, which is ineeddiversegames.net. And if there's something you've written about diversity or if you're a dev who wants to kind of get the word out there about your game or your Kickstarter, we're always happy to take submissions and, and repost things. Um, follow us on Twitter, which is ineeddivgms. You can email at whyineeddiversegames at gmail.com. If someone just feeling kind and wants to give us a one-time um, <laughs> financial shot in the arm, but otherwise we've got a Patreon. And one of the perks is you get our podcast early. Um, yeah. So yeah. Well, that's wonderful. I mean, I really hope that a lot of minorities reach out to you and try to be more a part of this community. And I hope that the developers and the big gaming industry folks do hear your voice. Well, I hope so. I've I've gotten, um, you know, I I made a lot of great connections when at GDC this year, and and there are people who will reach out or just retweet. And you know, devs of some of my favorite games have seen the work that we do, and and there we we have conversations. Well, hopefully we won't need to have these conversations uh, soon, and hopefully you will get to be put out of business because there will be diversity for underrepresented minorities. Well, thank you again so much for joining. Oh, you are so welcome, and thank you very much for having me on. Take care. You too. As the gaming industry evolves with disruptive technology and introduces augmented reality and 3D holographic teleportation, also called holoportation, among other things, it'll be all the more important to make sure that the audiences the games are trying to reach are just as diverse as the characters in their games. Given the episode's theme, I'll leave you with the following food for thought questions. One. Given the lack of diversity in tech, what do you think would be the best approach to improve it? Two, should some sort of tech diversity affirmative action be imposed through legislative action? Three, what corporate policies can be put in place to ensure that there is diversity at all levels of an organization? As always, you can find links to all the information addressed in this episode at creativedisruption.ninja. I hope you found this episode interesting. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.